1: Hey, this is Allison. Before we start the show, I wanted to encourage you all to subscribe to Success on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. It's a great way to make sure you never miss one of our most recent interviews. And while you're there, please leave a review and a rating. It really helps others find the show. Thanks. This is Success How I Did It from Business Insider. I'm Allison Chantel. On this show, we bring you conversations with some of the most inspiring people about how they built successful careers. This week, we've rounded up some great advice we've gotten from a bunch of our guests into one masterclass on leadership. BuzzFeed's Jonah Peretti, Lyft's John Zimmer, Fox News's Dana Perino, and more will be giving you their best tips. And if you like the podcast, please be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We'd love to hear what you think. To get started, we've got John Brennan, who is the director of the CIA under President Barack Obama. He stepped down after years at the helm, and he had some advice for his successor about how he should be spending his first few months on the job. And really, it's great advice for anyone who steps into a big new position.
2: And I told him the most important thing for anybody who's going to be taking on that responsibility is use your first period of time, whether it be six, nine, 12 months, to learn as much as you can about the organization that you're running. Understand how it interacts within itself, how it interoperates with the rest of the intelligence community and the U.S. government, you really need to have that in-depth understanding and knowledge in order for you to have the wisdom to be able to leverage it for the best of the country's security. And there is a distinction between knowledge and wisdom in my mind. I felt that when I joined the agency, I had you know a fair amount of knowledge about the Middle East and Arabic and terrorism and other things. But wisdom is using that knowledge and having the ability than to see opportunities, risks, challenges, things that you need to do.
1: Learning how to lead a large, established organization is difficult. It's arguably harder when you're founder building a fast-growing business from scratch. Dropbox founder Drew Houston explains how he's had to relearn to be a CEO every 12 to 18 months.
3: First, you have to be systematic about training yourself. And what you really want to solve for as a founder is making sure that your growth curve stays ahead of the company's growth curve. And so that means figuring out what you don't know and learning it. And no one is going to do that for you. The challenge, especially as a, as a company scaling, is that your job as CEO changes every 12 to 18 months. It's just no one taps you on the shoulder and tells you that. So, for example, in the beginning, you're just spending time building a prototype. And it's all about creating the product. But then, once you have a product, you need users. How do you get distribution? How do you grow? That's a whole different challenge. And then... Scorecard changes again once you have distribution, then you need revenue, and then you need a working business model, and then you get competitors, and then it's not just revenue but it's actual cash flow or profit. And so, sort of as in real life, the scorecard changes at these different breakpoints and different points of adolescence or maturity in the company. That's probably the most kind of bewildering part of the job is that your job changes so much. Just as when you think you're getting good at the old job, you have a new one that is totally unfamiliar.
1: No leader is perfect, and the idea of making a mistake that could hurt your team or your company is absolutely terrifying. But Tim Armstrong, who's the CEO of AOL and now Oath, says it's actually okay for CEOs to fail sometimes.
3: I think your CEO job, you basically have to be okay with risk, and you have to be okay with failure, I, I, a saying, which is you have to fail towards a goal. Like, as long as you're failing, if you know what the goal is, it's okay to fail in that direction, and that's kind of the advice I got from people.
1: Of course, nobody wants to fail, but when you do fail or someone on your team fails, it all comes back to the leader, and it's all their responsibility, which is why they say it's lonely at the top. Startup founder and early Uber investor Scott Belsky knows this better than anyone.
4: As the leader of a company, it's always lonely. You look for mentors and other people that you can go to for specific things. And I think I did that. I didn't have anyone who I could just tell everything to and who could just be there, you know, shoulder to shoulder with me until we actually raised money. Until then, I think I just was really selective about it, and uh, and it was really lonely, and it was anxiety-filled. And I also believe that as an entrepreneur, one of the greatest costs is the constant processing of uncertainty that your brain is managing. It's almost like dedicating 20% of your RAM to one task that is always running. And you're never as present with your family or your friends. And you're always just processing. And I think that's really, really hard. But it's part of the cognitive cost you pay.
1: Building a successful startup is by far one of the hardest things a person can do. To succeed as a leader, you have to be passionate about the work you're doing every day and not just looking for a big payday in the end. That's how BuzzFeed CEO Jonah Peretti has made it through really tough times.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think you shouldn't be a CEO or even a startup executive or employee if you don't like things that are hard and challenging and that you don't like trying to do things that are difficult where you have to figure out new things that don't exist yet. Like that has to be part of why you do it. It has to be part of the fun. They say when there's a bubble or lots of money flows into startups, you have a lot of people who come in because they want to make a lot of money. And it's just a lot harder than... Than it looks harder, meaning that the day to day is trying to create something new and trying to be a small little guy in a giant industry. If you love that, if you love the struggle, (laughs) and that's part of why you you do it. It also makes selling a company a a, a lot less appealing because if if the idea is you're doing that so you can relax or something, if you know, you, you wouldn't be building the company in the first place if you if your goal was to relax.
1: Part of building a successful company includes building a successful team. Before she was a Fox News host, Dana Perino was George W. Bush's White House press secretary. She learned how to do the job from her boss, Tony
0: Snow, who put his ego aside and mentored her. Tony Snow, because he was not territorial, and he certainly did not think he was too big for his britches, he was very comfortable allowing me to fill in for him. The first time I filled in for him was like his second week on the job. I had never even been on television before, and I was very happy to be behind the scenes. I remember he said to me, you are better at this than you think you are. And I think he saw something in me that I didn't recognize. I also encourage managers to think about that, which is that your success can be measured by the people that you train and that you promote. And don't hold people back. Let them have some face time with the boss. And that's why I was such a good deputy for Tony Snow, because he actually let me do stuff.
1: If you give your team members more responsibilities, they'll also feel more of a responsibility to help the company succeed. PayPal CEO Dan Schulman said he really found his footing as a leader when he had to take time off work for a family tragedy. His team stepped up to the plate in his absence, and he gave them full credit when he returned.
4: When I came back, I realized my team had really hung in there with me, and I just realized that what we had accomplished was completely what they had accomplished. I gave them full 100% credit. I think what I learned there is giving credit to others actually attracts more and more people to your team because they wanna be a part of that team because they know that it's a team that is going to work together as one team. Nobody's gonna try and take credit over somebody else. In many ways, leadership is about defining reality and inspiring hope. But if you have these great people around you and they know that what they do is going to be recognized, it can be incredibly powerful.
1: Really, it all boils down to treating your people well. Lyft president John Zimmer has spent his entire career trying to prove that nice guys don't have to finish last.
4: Treating people well is great for business. It is complementary to doing well in business but there's been this story told of founders who are just not nice to people and that's what it takes to get ahead, and it's just not true. What I do know is that most businesses require other people to help you get where you need to go, whether that's our employees, which we call team members, whether that's, in our case, the drivers or customers, passengers that are using the service. Great service, great hospitality, treating people well, having a good set of values, that is great for business.
1: That advice is true in both business and on the court. If you treat people well and you have a good set of values, your people will trust you and they will follow you. Here's how LeBron James says he leads the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think some people were born with it, but some people learn it as well. And, um, you know, for me as the leader of, of our franchise and the leader of my household and the leader of so many different things, I think it's the confidence, but it's also you practicing what you preach um, i take that responsibility and i don't just talk about it, i actually do it as well so uh, when you're able to come through on your word um, it, it allows the guys that you're leading male or female to be able to say okay uh, we can follow this person because he he won't let us down no matter if it's no matter if it's going good uh, or or bad uh, you know every day is not a bed of roses we understand that and you have to be able to handle adversity as well no matter your title you need to stay hungry and curious Former Pepsi and Apple CEO John Scully says he's been insatiably curious throughout his entire career.
2: I kept observing when I was working in bottling plants, resetting shelves in supermarkets, out in the trade, talking to other Pepsi bottlers, observing, thinking, asking questions. You know, why is it done this way? I think that while I didn't know what the word entrepreneur was at that time, it's exactly the characteristics that I look for when I'm looking for really good entrepreneurs to lead companies. Because you have to have an inquiring mind. You have to say, there must be a better way to do things. And now, with technology, at a point where everything is possible, how do we turn the possible into the probable? And it all starts with a passion to do something really well, to solve a problem in a way that's never been solved before, and have just an incredible work ethic, to be persistent.
1: Thanks for listening to this masterclass episode of Success, How I Did It. You can find the full versions of all of these interviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please be sure to leave us a review. I'm Alison Chantel. We'll be back next week with another success interview from Business Insider. Let's jump into Pepper's world of play. Look for spring flowers.
4: Hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.